started a series of teachings last Sunday that were titled The Greatness Curriculum. If you've not been around, um, we celebrated the seventh anniversary of the Elevation Church. And last Sunday was uh, a big celebration for us. So look into the things that God has done in the past seven years and uh, trusting God that greater things are ahead of us. And our mission as a church is to make greatness common. We believe that in every man and every woman is a seed of greatness that God has planted. And this season, for this short teaching series, we just want to emphasize, you know, uh, the understanding that God has given us concerning the subject of greatness. We want to emphasize it, and that's what, you know, I've put in this teaching series, the Greatness Curriculum. And I want you to open your heart this morning to receive from God. If you are joining us online, I want to welcome you to church especially, and I want you to know that there's no distance in the realm of the Spirit, so you stay stay on with us, and I trust that the same grace that we're enjoying here will rest upon you in Jesus' name. Or somebody say, believe in amen. amen. The greatness curriculum. Last Sunday, we started examining the life of Abraham, the covenant that God had as with Abraham, and the conversations between God and Abraham, and how God explained Abraham's new status to him. We concluded by saying that for everyone who is joined to Abraham, who is a child of Abraham, that greatness is already in your DNA. So that a child of God and a son and daughter of Abraham through the lineage of Christ does not have to pray for God to make him great. That you are already great and I'm already great. All we need is to Learn to activate greatness. Learn to activate greatness. So we took our text from Genesis chapter 12. We read verse 1 to 3. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1 to 3. It said, now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. Leave the familiar and walk with me by faith. That was God's instruction to Abraham. To leave the familiar and start to walk with him by faith. And... Uh, um, God then had this to say to, to, to Abraham. He said, go to a land that I will show you. And in the first service, I was emphasizing the fact that it's one thing for God to say, move. And move to New York. Or move to Potakot. Or move to Abuja. It's another thing for God to say, move. But I will show you, but keep moving. <laughs> because Abraham demonstrated uh, um, a sense of obedience that is unparalleled. Because when God says, resign your job without another job, not many people can take such decisions. Yeah, such a decision. Because it just doesn't resonate with common sense or any kind of rationality. So, this was how Abraham lived his life. But one thing is certain. God continued to say in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2, he said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And make your name great. So we see great, 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 blessed, all that. I will make you a great nation. Abraham did not ask to be great. So the covenant of Abraham is not pre- premise on ambition. It's pure revelation. God just revealing himself. Yeah. He said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And make your name great. And last Sunday I said, when we talk about name, we're talking about the essence of a person. In common terminology, we call it the brand. God said, I will capacitate your brand. It will be great. It will be strong. I will make your name great. 
simply means that anything you lay your hands to do, you will experience dominion. And you will be ahead. You will be the foremost brand. That's, that, that's part of the promise of God to Abraham. And you shall be a blessing. So, the whole thing about this greatness and this blessing is that you can be a blessing. So, the deal, deal was settled ahead of time. Because I'm going to bless you. But the end result of you being blessed is that you will be a blessing. Yeah. You will be a blessing. And then, in verse 3, the last one there, God said, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the heart shall be blessed. You can see that again. So part of this package includes supernatural insurance. And not just divine protection, divine guidance. God said, I will mount garrison over your destiny. Yeah. So it's not the kind of blessing where you'll be in the house and you'll be sleeping with one eye closed, one eye open. Or that you, you will have something, you won't be able to talk about it. Or that you buy a car, you can't drive it because you're afraid. God said, I deal with your enemies. And anyone who just has a mind to hurt you, I'll mark them and take them out for you. <laughs> Is that not a good one? Yeah. So you can imagine how Abraham left God's presence that day. That's why in verse 4 of Genesis chapter 12, the Bible says, and Abraham departed. But he departed because he believed in the potency of the word that God spoke to him. Yeah. He believed in the person that spoke to him. You know, if after the service I cornered you, and I said, come. And I said, you know what? By Tuesday, I will bless you. And I will bless you financially. I will wire 500 million naira to your account. Not many people here will start jumping because I don't have that kind of money. And you know. (laughs) I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. It will be foolishness for you to just start jumping. Hey, say, hey, pastor said you will wire 500 million naira to my account. You should look at me and just say, oh, okay, seriously, PG? Uh, um, uh, can you repeat what you just said? <laughs> so I can have the opportunity to repeat it. And then maybe you would then confront me by saying, PG, are you sure? Yeah, are you sure? But this is not the case. When you believe in the person that is speaking to you, there's no gain saying the validity of the statement. Am I, saying, am I talking to somebody here this morning? That's why the Bible says, and Abraham believed God, and it was imputed or accounted to him as righteousness. Because God said, whoever can believe me like this is righteous. It's not perfection, righteousness. Yeah. Abraham was not perfect, but God said he's righteous. (laughs) There's a a level of trust resting in God that made God to impute righteousness on Abraham. You know what that signifies? You know what, what takes us away from God and throws us into agitation and fretting? Fear. And it comes from the flesh. Abraham had killed his flesh to the extent that he could take any instruction from God. God said he's a righteous man. Forget it. Yeah. He's a righteous man. 
And because God has judged him to be righteous, he will not impute any sin to him. <laughs> Does that mean that Abraham was a, a perfect man? No. That's a, 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 a teaching for another day. Let me not distract myself. Yeah. But I just want somebody to know here this morning that God is waiting for you to activate the covenant in a new dimension as you allow this flesh to die so that you can believe him completely and absolutely. Some of us are fighting battles now that we have no, no business fighting if you believe God. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying right now. Yeah. Some of us are fighting battles and we don't have any business fighting the battle at all. God said, I will fight your battles and you will hold your peace. But because your flesh tells you, fight, oh, ah, if you don't fight, this may be the end of your life, so you continue to fight. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Somebody may be listening to me here this morning. God has been pressing in your heart. Write off that money. Write off that indebtedness. You know, forgive that person. But your flesh says no. How can somebody wrong you this way? And you'll still be, ah, no, it's fire for fire. It's fire for fire. There's no, I didn't come to Lagos to count bridge. Yeah, count the bridges. No, no, that's not why I'm here. That's, that's flesh speaking. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. That's flesh speaking. Yeah. That person has not come to a point where you are totally and absolutely believing God to come true for you. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but I, I, I seem to. I've gotten stuck in this place and I'm going to stay until I finish dealing with the matter. Yeah. You know, when Jesus said, if somebody slap you on the right, that you should turn the left. Some people think that what Jesus was teaching us was how to be mumu. And in a country where there's a campaign going on that our mumu don't do. <laughs> it's then difficult for you to receive that kind of if you are watching online, what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that is it, Mumu means foolishness. Yeah. And there's a campaign going on in Nigeria right now. It's called Our Mumu Don't Do. It's that we have been foolish long enough. Let's rise up and do something. And I believe in it, by the way. I do. I do. Because a people must have a voice. Yeah. And the office of the citizen is more important than the office of Asoro. Yeah. Yeah. So I do. I believe in it. Yeah, by the way, I do. But what I'm saying this morning is that when a Christian is trusting God and wants to activate the covenant of greatness like Abraham did, you have to be that kind of Christian that is not moved by situations and circumstances. Yeah. When Jesus said, if somebody slap you on the right, turn the left. Is to, not to prove to the person that you are, you are foolish, but to tell the person, I am not a slapper. You are not going to turn me to one. Yeah. I'm not a slapper. You are not going to turn me to one. Yeah. So, I don't have to respond. You are not going to turn me to who I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a fighter. You are not going to turn me to one. Yeah. So, the next thing I'll ask you is, why did you slap me? Yeah. And Jesus said, the best way to do it is to let him do it again. So that maybe he can think. Because this person that you are slapping and is turning, he can also slap, but he has chosen not to slap. That means there's something underneath that you're not aware of. Maybe the ground will open. And... <laughs> yeah. 
Because if I'm not a fighter, then I'm something else. I can be a swallower. <laughs> if there's anything like that. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not a fighter. But I'm something else. And that thing can reveal itself to you. Just keep, keep doing your own. Keep slapping. Yeah. I hope somebody's getting what I'm saying this morning. And it comes out of absolute trust and confidence in the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. Somebody stay with me this morning. So, Isaiah 51, verse 1 to 3, I read it last Sunday, I'm going to repeat it again. The Bible reminded us, speaking to the prophet Isaiah, that you and I must not forget where God crafted us out from. So he said in Isaiah 51, verse 1, he says, the Lord, he said, listen to me, you who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn, and to the hole of the pit from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who bore you. Just remember where you were taken from. That's what he's saying. He said, for I called him alone, and I blessed him and increased him. Look at this. He said, For the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all our waste places. He will make our wilderness like Eden and our desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in it. Thanksgiving and a voice of melody. That's God's plan for you and I. Yeah. That we keep activating. Covenant of greatness. Just remembering that we are from Abraham. And that the covenant that God has with Abraham subsists on me and in my life. And I activate it with the oil of joy. But much more than that, I activate it in a few other ways. And I'm going to share one or two more. And I'll wrap this all up. In the first service, I shared the fact that covenant of greatness can be activated through Faith and capacity for, for vision. In this service, I'm going to be speaking to two extra things. One is that the covenant of greatness can be activated through the spirit of generosity. The spirit of ger- generosity. The spirit of generosity. In Genesis chapter 18, when you read from verse 2, Genesis 18 and verse 2, you see the story of Abraham. The Bible says... There are three men just showed up. They were under a tree and Abraham saw them. And Abraham did what? He ran towards them. The Bible says in verse 2 of Genesis 18, So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent, the tent door, to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. And said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on. By your servant. Please let a little water be brought. Wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your heart. After that, you may pass by. In as much as you have come to your servant, they, uh, they said, Do as you have said. This was, I mean, it happened to be people that God has sent. How did Abraham recognize? That these were people that God sent. As far as an onlooker is concerned, they were just strangers. People were on a journey. And Abraham decided to just be a blessing to them. 
Abraham demonstrated the heart of generosity in little things and in big things. And we, we, you, you can see all through the scriptures how the covenant of greatness was activated as he did some of these things. So Abraham was hospitable and kind to strangers. Hospitable and kind to strangers. Somebody may uh, be quick to want to stop me in your mind right now saying, Pastor, we're not living in Haran or Canaan. This is Lagos. Lagos, Nigeria. And um, you are careful with strangers. And I agree with you. Yeah, to a large extent, I agree with you. But, God will always prompt your heart. And it's your prerogative if you want to obey or not. Yeah, it's your prerogative if you want to obey or not. And one bad experience must not mark finality in your heart. A sister was sharing yesterday, by the way, kudos to all the ladies in the house, the Made for More conference was powerful. Yeah. Ladies, if you had a great time yesterday, let the men know. Let me pause to just say thank you to all the ladies who made it happen, uh, my wife, our team, and all the other ladies. I came in at the end of the session, and everybody was just raving about how great the event was. So, I was then sharing with a few ladies, and one lady, you know, just after the conference, and one lady gave her experience that she used to live on the mainland, and when coming to work on the island, uh, by the, at the foot of the bridge, she would look out for pregnant women, or just women with children, or just women, and just give them a lift to the island. One of those days, she gave the pregnant woman a lift, and what happened? She, she had her shoes. She was going to make a presentation. She was wearing uh, her slippers, her bathroom slippers, and she had her shoes in the car. And the woman, you know, she was sitting at the back. She put her, her foot in the shoes. It sized her. She left her slippers for her. And when she dropped, she dropped and walked away with the shoes. And she was not looking in the mirror. She just drove off. And then she got to, you know, the place where she was going to make a presentation. And she realized that she had only slippers. Yeah. So, I understand that sometimes your heart of generosity can cause you trouble. Because this is Lagos. But I'm saying that it's all a test for you. Whether you're going to stop because of that. What, what did she say? She said, I didn't stop because of that. I just made sure that I put my shoes in the right places. <laughs> and when anybody dropped from my car, I looked at the mirror to see what they were. Yeah. Because one person's bad behavior does not mean that all ladies in Lagos are thieves. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. We're talking about activating the covenant of Abraham. And the fact that generosity is a major key to activating the covenant. It's a major key. Major. Just being generous. Being good to people. Being generous to your neighbors. Generous to colleagues. Generous. Just caring about people. Sometimes just generosity to stranger or complete stranger. This is how Abraham activated the covenant of greatness. He gave offerings without prompting. In Genesis chapter 14, when you read verse 18, the Bible talks about Abraham's encounter with Melchizedek, the, the, the priest of Salem. Yeah. The Bible says in, in, in verse 18 of Genesis 14, then Melchizedek, the king of Salem, 
brought out bread and wine, and he was a priest of the Most High God, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And he blessed, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand, and he gave him a tithe of all. That's Abraham, gave Melchizedek a tithe of all. We see Abraham demonstrated a generosity here, a level that, you know, is unthinkable. Melchizedek never asked Abraham for tithe. Yeah. Never asked Abraham for tithe. And by the way, this was before the law. The law of Moses started after now. Yeah. Many, many years. Can you imagine? Many years. So, this was Abraham, Isaac. Then Isaac gave back to Jacob. Jacob gave back to Joseph. And then Joseph was taken to Egypt in captivity. And became a, a, a slave in Egypt. And then went into uh, prison. And then eventually was released from prison. And went into Pharaoh's presence. And Pharaoh made him a prime minister. And then a famine struck. And Jacob, being a very wealthy man. But now without food but a lot of money. Loaded bags of money for his sons. And sent them to Egypt to go and buy food. Then they met Joseph. And then eventually, fast forward. Joseph brought everybody. Everybody that is in the lineage of Abraham brought them to Egypt. And they were in Egypt for 430 years. Some of them had forgotten everything about the covenant completely. You see, that's about more than six generations, 430 years. All right? It takes just about two or three generations to forget tradition completely, sometimes. So, when God would then come again with the law, he introduced the tithe. But Abraham gave tithe to Melchizedek like 400, 500 years before that time. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why we say that tithe predates the law. Because some people will say, we're not in the Old Testament. Why is somebody giving tithe? Da, 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 da. Abraham was, had no testament when he gave tithe. There was no testament at all. Nobody told him. Are you still with me today? Yeah. Because it was after Israel left Egypt that Moses then went up to God to receive the law to guide the people. Then some of the things that Abraham did, God introduced it back through the law and compelled them to do it so that the covenant can subsist. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying this morning. Yeah. Abraham demonstrated a very generous spirit without by the way, in theology, Melchizedek is called, uh, is called uh, um, Christophany. That means the pre-appearance of Christ. Because the Bible calls him the king of Salem, the priest of God most high. So if you read the book of Hebrews, Christ was described as the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So Abraham actually titled <laughs> to God through Melchizedek. Because Melchizedek happened to be like a pre-appearance of Christ before Christ came. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying this morning. Right. So, another thing was that he preferred others in love, even at the risk of being defrauded. Yeah. I was saying that before when I said, don't let your situation be what determines everything that you, you do. Act based on the things that will please God and something that shows that you are trusting God 
in Genesis 13, when you read from verse 5, you read the story of Abraham and Lot. Lot happened to be his um, nephew or so that, that went with him, or cousin that went with him. And what happened? At a point, Abraham and Lot were having issues between the headsmen of Lot and that of Abraham. When Abraham will resolve the case, all Abraham asked was, what do you want? Take. Just look. Everything you want. Yeah. Me, my case has been settled with God. There's no strife in my own case. Even if you take everything, God will restore everything back. Simple. And then Lot looked at the best places. Yeah. Not knowing that those best places have been invested with spirits. Was called Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. To the point that God will have to destroy that place completely at the end of the day. And the same Abraham, my next point, in Genesis 14, Genesis 13, you read about Abraham and Lot. Time will not permit me to really dig into it. But in Genesis 14, the same Abraham, he was quick to defend the helpless and downtrodden. He went after, you know, the, 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 to fight and rescued Lot. That same Lot that we not listen initially and that we just seemingly take advantage of Abraham. Abraham then went and rescued him. So in rescuing Lot, he demonstrated his generous spirit. He was quick to defend the helpless. He preferred others to himself. Abraham was not a fighter. And lastly this morning, activating the covenant of greatness, he displayed prompt obedience and diligence to God's word. One very vital way by which Abraham activated the covenant of greatness was that he displayed prompt obedience and was very diligent to God's word. First, in Genesis chapter 12, which is a foundational scripture, by verse 4, in verse 3, God said, go to the place that I will show you. And I will, whoever causes, causes whoever, you know, and all that, and you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And in verse 4, the Bible says, and Abraham departed. Tell your neighbor, say, departed. And there's a reason why I said you should say that word. Very important. There are things that God will want you to depart from. Abraham said, I mean, God spoke to Abraham from your country, out of your father's house, the familiar, and go to a place that I will show you. And the Bible says Abraham departed. Prompt obedience. Abraham departed. And that's how you're going to see it. Abraham did this. Abraham did that. And Abraham departed was his constant response to God's instruction even at the toughest time. Abraham's departed was his constant response even at the toughest times. Is Abraham departed. Abraham took a step. Abraham took a step. When was the last time you took a step in obedience, in prompt obedience to God's instruction? Whether it's an instruction to greet somebody you have not been greeting as mundane as that can be. Whether it's an instruction to help somebody and send money to somebody. Whether it's an instruction to just ask after someone. An instruction to mend fences. 
with someone that you have been fighting. Because we need to take it from all those small, small things to somebody that God said, I'm not going to tell you where you are going, but just go. And he departed. There's no better way to activate the covenant of greatness than for God to be able to say, this guy trusts me, so I can rely on him. Yeah, I can rely on him. He can take instruction, so I can rely on him. I can rely on him. So in departing from Haran, Abraham obeyed God. Prompt obedience. In circumcising his house, his household, Genesis 17, when you read from verse 23, God showed up and told Abraham, I want you to circumcise yourself and all the males in your house. As at which time he had only Ishmael and all the male servants in his house. And the Bible says, Abraham obeyed promptly. That same day, that same day, read your scripture, that same day, that same day, Genesis 17 and verse 23, that same day, verse 23 of Genesis 17, the Bible says, so Abraham took Ishmael, his son, all who were born in his house and all who were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham, of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin that very same day. That's where I was going. That's what I was looking for. That very same day. You know what, what it suggests? It suggested prompt obedience. That very same day. As God had said to him. Just look at your life right now. How you know that you are activating the covenant of greatness or not is how prompt are you with God's divine instructions? Are you leaning and positioning to hear instruction? And when you do receive instruction, are you prompt at obedience? It's very important. Very, because we sing the song, Abraham's blessings are mine. You see, the fact that greatness has been coded into our DNA as children of Abraham, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 14, the Bible says that, that, that the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that they may receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. We are children of Abraham. Greatness is coded into our DNA, but that does not mean that greatness is going to be activated. Except we do the works of Abraham. We have to do the works of Abraham. And these are the works of Abraham. Prompt obedience. Prompt obedience. In sending Ishmael away, Abraham demonstrated prompt obedience. I mean, how, how, you know sometimes you, you, you are tempted to query what God is saying. How? How rational? Okay, God, we know we made a mistake. And then, you know, this woman that's not supposed to be pregnant for Abraham was pregnant. And then, it's not the child that is responsible for the pregnancy. Is Sarah and Abraham that decided, okay, let's help God. And this thing went bad. Ishmael was born. And God then said, and Abraham was begging God, just choose Ishmael. As they and God said, no, I have given you a word. And it's not the children of the, born, the, the son of the born woman that will be your heir. Sarah will still conceive. And then Sarah conceived. And then the woman was acting up. And all that and all that. And God gave Abraham a very tough instruction. Cast out the bondwoman and her son. What an instruction. 
Ishmael was his son. It's not, uh, you know, son that adopted son. Abraham knew that he impregnated Agar. Do you understand what I'm saying? His son. Abraham was begging God. Why do you just, just accept this boy too? God said, don't worry. I'm going to bless Ishmael. It's also going to be a great nation. But it's not the, the heir to this house. No. No. And when the real one came, what God told Abraham was, cast out the bondwoman and her son. It was a very, very difficult decision for Abraham to make. But Abraham obeyed God. Yeah. Sometimes the things that God will tell you will not make sense, rationally speaking. Yeah. But you have to obey God. At the end of the day, Ishmael was good. Ishmael was okay. Yeah. Agar was preserved because of Ishmael. And Ishmael was okay. And Ishmael is still okay till today. Ishmael has money. Yeah. Because when you look at it, through Isaac, you see the lineage of the Jews. Through Ishmael, you see the, the Middle East, a lot of the Middle Eastern nations and all that. And they have Because God said, go and read your Bible. God said, Ishmael will also be blessed. I will bless Ishmael. Yeah. I will bless Ishmael. Because people, some people wonder, ah, how come they now have plenty of oil? And God said, I will bless Ishmael. Yeah. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. Yeah. Still part of the covenant that God has with Abraham. So sending away Ishmael. And lastly, Genesis 22. The toughest one of all. Sacrificing Isaac. That's the toughest one of all. In each situation, it was prompt obedience. Prompt obedience. Prompt obedience. Prompt obedience. What are you doing with instructions? Very important. If you want to activate the covenant of greatness, you must be the kind of person that can take prompt Obedience to instructions. Yeah. Yield to instructions. Prompt obedience. Abraham sacrificing Isaac was another very, very grievous instruction that should have been extremely difficult for him to carry out. But when, in Genesis 22, Abraham chose to sacrifice Isaac, God said, the Bible says, God could not swear by any other thing. He said, by myself. I swear. This one, that, this level you are taking this thing to, me and you, we are locked together for eternity. Yeah. Because this level of obedience is unusual. A few months ago, I was studying, a few weeks ago, I was studying the book of Genesis again, from beginning to the end, and I noticed something. That the work of God with Abraham was a peculiar one. God was not in a hurry with him, he was not in a hurry with God. But they walked together. At a certain time, you see, the problem of Abraham was self-preservation. He was tell, telling Sarah, don't tell them you're my wife, or, you know, all that. But after a while, he outgrew all that level. And somebody that was still lying about wife, call yourself my sister. Just because I don't want them to kill me. They can kill me because of you. When God said, I will curse whoever curses you, and I will bless whoever bless you. Temporarily, Abraham will forget some things and will just... But God will say, you know what? I'm waiting for you. You outgrow that one. Yeah. You outgrow that one. It got to a point where money was, Abraham outgrew the issue of money 
and material resources. He will give to God anything. And then God took it to a new level completely. Let's say beyond money, your life. And what you have waited for for your, for the, your entire life that you have been begging me for. Now that you have it, I want it. And Abraham still said, yes, sir. And at that point, God said, it is finished. Now, I will swear over your destiny. Yeah, I will swear over your destiny. You know what? Let me wrap up this way. The reason why you and I can come into this blessing, Galatians 3 and 14, which says that the blessing of Abraham may rest upon, verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being written, it is um, everyone that's angry on the tree is cursed. So our curse was nailed to Jesus' cross as it was on the tree. All God was looking for, actually, was to be able to achieve that. But before he could achieve that, he needs a mortal man to also be willing to do the same. The moment Abraham offered Isaac, God knew that the redemption of the world is finished. Because all he needed was to reciprocate. God will never ask anyone to do what he's not willing to do. And the game plan for the redemption of humanity is that God will kill his own son too. Are you still with me this morning? And he was just waiting for one man that he can take to that level. Then he will reciprocate. The moment Abraham put Isaac on the platter and brought out his, God knew that. Okay. You don't have to do it. I just want to be able to say it is a fair game. I reciprocated. You know the Bible says, cause the devil, the accuser of the brethren. Because he's going to ask God, why are you sending your son? Say, Abraham killed his own son too. So I sent my son and I redeemed him. Are you still with me today? That was all God was looking for. In every situation of life, God has his own purpose. Because you ask yourself, why would God say he should kill his son after waiting for him for many, many years? The whole idea was not about killing son. It was about, let a man do something that I can reciprocate and then I redeem the entire human race from the hold of the devil. It's as simple as that. And Abraham was able to do that and God said, done. That's why he said, you have done for me what I've been waiting for all this while. Now, I will swear by your destiny. And until today, God takes his level of friendship with humanity to different heights as much as we are willing to walk with him. And activate the covenant, especially with a sense of sacrifice. Lift your right hand with me today. And receive grace for obedience in this service this morning. Receive grace for obedience. Will you speak to God this morning? Say, Lord, I want to obey you completely with my life. I want to obey you completely with my life. I, 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 I need grace. Like Abraham, I want to be able to walk with you. I don't want to be the one securing my destiny. Be the one securing it. Do it. I don't want to be fighting for the rest of my life. I don't want to be a fighter for life. You said you will fight my battles and I will hold my peace. And I believe you. I believe you. So I want to trust in you completely. I want to be able to take any instruction from you and obey Somebody speak to God this morning. I want to be able to take any instruction from you and obey completely. I don't know who you are this morning, but God is speaking to you. It's time you take your level of obedience to a new level. Take it higher. That's the plan of God. 
God took Abraham from level to level. And as Abraham yielded his heart, greatness was activated. A new level of greatness was activated. A new level of greatness was activated. There are levels in God. Where you are is not, not an end in itself. It's a means to an end. Because there's a greater level in God. And if at this level, you choose what to obey and disobey, then you're saying, I don't want to qualify for the next level. I want you to open your mouth this morning and just speak to God. Lord, give me a heart of obedience. Somebody needs to pray this morning. Give me a heart of prompt obedience. Because somebody may be here, you are already obeying, but you then need to be prompt with your obedience. Give me a heart of prompt obedience. Give me a heart of prompt obedience. I want to be that one person who can obey you in all things. Father, we bless your name. We give you glory and we give you praise. We thank you for grace, for obedience upon this congregation this morning. We thank you for grace for a next, next level of obedience in the life of everyone here, everyone watching on the internet. We receive grace over everyone this morning to be able to walk with you. That we will not be stranded in our journey and destiny. Grace to live a life of obedience that we may activate greatness and gain speed in destiny. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. This last word for someone here this morning, I sense a struggle in my spirit. Somebody's here, you're struggling. You're struggling with what you just heard. And all God wants me to tell you is that you should let go and just release your heart. He said, you, you, you can't fathom how this is going to happen, how you're going to step into that obedient level that I'm demanding of you. But if you just, just, just leave it in my hand. I'm the giver of grace. That's what he's saying to you. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit. So I'm able to pour out my spirit upon you. And by my spirit, you can do all things. You can do all things. You can do all things. Will you wave your hands to him all over this place and receive? Receive the spirit of God this morning. Just receive his presence here this morning. Lord, we thank you for the supply of your spirit today. We thank you for the supply of your spirit today. We thank you for the supply of your spirit over this congregation. We bless you, our Father. We bless you, our Father. We give you all the glory and all the praise. 